What is up, everybody? And welcome back to episode 16 of the reunion of Final Fantasy VII Remake podcast. I am your host, Kai, and joining me is my incredible co-host, Viz. How are you doing, Viz? I'm still alive and, yeah, trucking <laughs> along slowly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a fun year so far. <clears throat> How you've been doing? I've been doing okay. Uh, I've been just enjoying this amazing break that we both took <laughs> from doing the podcast. Um, you know, after everything, you know, the game came out and we were super busy before that. And then during the game release and then the game came out and we played it and then we talked a lot for oh, a yeah. very long time about a lot of things about this game. And pretty much like we we both didn't really have a break. So... I know that I needed some time away from from everything, so I've just been enjoying my time, um, you know, outside and enjoying the weather and trying to do things that I enjoy doing, you know, and now we're back. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and how did you enjoy your break? What have you been up to? Yeah, I also had to kind of take a break because almost one year of constant um, Final Fantasy content creation, like... I barely played any game mm -hmm. besides this uh, Star Wars, how's it called? Jedi? Yes, um, Fallen Order. Uh, Fallen Order, yeah, exactly. That's that's one I took the time off a little bit to, to play, but otherwise I was practically only working on CCO content and I, mm -hmm. I really, really felt that I needed, needed to just uh, take a break. I still tried to slowly work on things, but it's just uh, got worse and worse and worse and I had low, um, less and less energy and I just mm -hmm. needed to recuperate a little bit. So I also took a break and but now things are picking up again. I uh, started playing hard modes. I'm at mm -hmm. the... I finished chapter 9, so I beat the Hell House, but nice. I needed to... <laughs> <laughs> thanks. I needed to uh, repeat chapter 9 because you need to uh, also go through the other quests for Madam M and for Chocobo Sam. Yes. Both for yeah. uh, to get all all the manuscripts. Right. So yeah, I'm I'm now stuck on Hell House again, and the point where I maybe died two more times. I thought, no, I just need a break now. I just yeah. want to play other games too. <laughs> and now I'm uh, I've been playing Shantae, like the uh, okay. half genie hero and the Seven Sirens, the newest ones. And yeah, it was a pretty good. Uh, change of pace to play mm -hmm. a platformer again. I, I love platformers. I've been growing up with platformers back mm -hmm. then, and it's it's really nice. But I need to go back into hard mode yeah. soon again. Yeah. I need to finish this <laughs> at some point. Yeah, it's the same thing yeah. with me, actually. I, I started hard mode immediately after I finished my first playthrough of the game, and then I stopped because I kind of was burnt out a little bit, and I the same thing kind of happened where I was fighting a boss and then I did it multiple times over and over again and I wasn't being successful at it so then I was just like I need to take a break from this and then we ended up taking a break from the podcast and everything mm -hmm. and uh, I've just been playing uh, some other games as well right now but I do need to get back into it and um, and just you know complete it and I really want to get that platinum so, <laughs> so. <sighs> yeah that's my goal for for this year um just to finish it and platinum it, so. Still have time. Mm-hmm. Four months. <laughs> <laughs> 
So if you guys didn't already know, Viz is the creator of Cosmo Canyon Observatory YouTube channel. He does incredibly detailed analysis videos on the Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I'm sure you're going to be continuing on into the future and continuing to create content for the subsequent parts that will be released in this franchise. So how have things been going over at CCO? Any new projects or things that you wanted to promote? Uh, nothing new per se, but um, thanks to the hiatus, I also had to like change paradigms a little bit, uh, think of things. I al always had troubles with uh, recording scripts. Right. Like it, all, it always took so long. I had to, to do so many retakes and stuff, and it bothered me for a long time. And now I, I felt if I want to keep doing this regularly, I just need someone else to do this for me. So uh, I started a casting call, uh, asked people to audition, uh, which uh, had the interest and also felt confident enough to do this for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And seven people auditioned. Which we chose five to then present to the audience, so the audience could choose which okay. one of those they felt most comfortable listening to, and yeah, one of one of them got chosen and already recorded the script for the next one, and it's now in editing phase. It's nice. uh, with video about uh, the whispers, the arbiters of fate. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a little bit over an hour, possibly. So there's a lot to digest there. A lot of details, little details, little crumbs, little explanations, and some theories and stuff. It's, I hope it, sh it should be interesting enough, even though many other people already have uh, talked about this. But yeah, it should be good. And I'm currently writing uh, the script for the Aerith's analysis, especially her additional knowledge and abilities and stuff and mm -hmm. i also found uh, new things new hypotheses and theories oh. it's going to be interesting wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's what's going on just uh yeah picking up picking up things again and trying to get everything out regularly mm -hmm. hopefully like at least one video a month is my goal mm -hmm. which should be possible but i think so also also, the research and the script writing takes a lot of time. Lately, I'm, I can't find too much time to do that. And sometimes I'm also a little mm -hmm. bit exhausted. So I need to maybe sit, sit it out on one day, maybe Sundays or something. But it's going forward. It's going forward. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's so great to you because you're including the Cosmo Canyon Observatory um, community in the process of developing your content. And mm -hmm. I do love that idea as well. And hopefully now, you know, um, you'll have more time to focus on other projects for CCO. So, oh yeah, that too. Yeah. So the best way to support Viz at CCO is obviously to like and subscribe. If you guys haven't done so already, please go to YouTube and you can just type in Cosmo Cannon Observatory and check out his incredible content. And he does have a Discord server that's quite active as well. Yeah. And people have been asking uh, the best way to support us here at the podcast. The best way is to sub and like and share and just, you know, talk about the podcast and, and spread the word about the podcast to your friends. And uh, it's free and it's basically the best way to support us here. And I did start creating a Patreon page and uh, I actually ended up stopping. <laughs> I'm so bad. I didn't finish it. So there's no way for you guys to just to donate to Patreon for us yet. But I'm one of my goals is I'm actually going to finish it. <laughs> 
and I'll yeah, good luck guys... with that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'll let you guys know as soon as that's done, and then you guys can just um, you know use Patreon to support us. That would be that would be awesome. I'm not sure what kind of like rewards we're gonna come up with or what we're gonna do, um, but it'll be something small, I think, because we're both so busy uh, mm-hmm. creating you know, content. And, um, we also have jobs outside of this. So (laughs) yeah, but stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. All right. So what is in the schedule for today's episode? So we are going to be talking about, uh, the news and info about part two in the series. And hopefully we'll be answering a question from our, uh, one of our Twitter users that subs us they asked a they posted a question to our twitter so we'll be answering that question today and yeah that's that's pretty much it but it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot so let's get into it here all right so the first little bit of news that we got was that part two was in development and this information I found on US Gamer website and another website, CBR. So it's just, I think it's great that we just have confirmation. Um, I know that it was a while ago that this was confirmed, but, you know, we took a little hiatus, so we haven't actually had time to talk about, you know, part two together um, on the podcast. So it appears that the development was affected by COVID-19 back when it first hit. But it looks like Square Enix transitioned to a work-from-home platform. So this was translated in a Famitsu article, and it does mention this. Um, I'm not sure if this will impact the development cycle or the release date. But, for example, like just a comparison how during the development of the first part, Square Enix brought the development in-house after CyberConnect 2, and that did put a delay on the development. It pushed back the release date, I think, that that was... And it was like a multitude of things that why Mm. they had to push the date back, but that was one of the things, I think, because they had to, like, go back and kind of restart a lot of the stuff. Um, I'll mostly touch touch up things and... Yes, yes, Not the complete restart. This was fake news back then. (laughs) Yeah, not a complete restart, but... They did remodel the characters, which yeah, obviously re- takes a long re- time. And exactly. And um, and I think that this obviously isn't happening this time because the next parts are going to be, you know, made at Square Enix in-house. So they won't have to deal with kind of restarting and, re- you know, remodeling um, and doing the lighting system again and doing all that over, even though COVID did happen. Um, apparently, Kataze said that they aren't working at 100% efficiency, but he did say that he doesn't think that this will impact the release schedule. Um, and then we did get a Twitter post, I think, from the mocap actors that were confirmed to be working on part two, and it mm-hmm. was Tifa's, was it Tifa's um, mocap actor and mm-hmm. yep. the other person? Cloud, I think. I was it Cloud? Sure. Okay. I think so, yeah. So it was confirmed that they were working alone initially, um, but they did, like, they were given permission to add another person um, to be able to act in the scenes during the mocapping. Um, but I wasn't able to find another update to see if, like, the full production team is back and if the full mocap actors are actually back acting together in all the scenes together. 
So I wasn't able to find any information on that. But that's a good thing. <clears throat> At least something. Yeah, exactly. And then there was a Fimitsu article that was released. Uh, Kataze, here's a quote from the article. So uh, he says that we know that everybody wants the next installment quickly. We would also like to deliver it as soon as possible. Since we were also able to see the line of quality from the first installment, we hope to make the next installment even better in quality. That can make for an even better experience. We would like to get it out as soon as possible, so please wait for it. I think we can clearly convey the direction uh, when we officially announce the next installment. So this is kind of talking like he's he was basically talking about the wait between the installments and just to kind of help us feel better, I guess, that mm. we're going to have to wait for this next part. But um, the kind of internet just kind of went crazy over this and people were saying that it means that they're going to rush out the next parts and mm. um, the next like parts in the of this series are going to be smaller. So the wait time and the development time between each part won't be as long. Um, so, and he was kind of, quoted as saying that as well like he he wants to get it out as soon as possible he doesn't want us to wait that long so what do you think about that as we know from pre- <laughs> previous interviews uh kitas and imanomura son they they it's i think it's a japanese thing that they talk in a way that they um try to ensure us like try to use sentences and words that should make us feel comfortable. Oh, yeah, they also don't want this to take too long. But then we read into it. And since they usually don't confirm things and yes. always talk in vague terms and whatever, <laughs> this is just this is just a, the Japanese way. And we Westerners need to understand that. Yeah. Um, we need to look at the big picture and not only focus on one quote or on, in, on one interview and need to look at everything. And in, in the past, they... They confirmed, I think, multiple ta- multiple times that each entry will be a full Final Fantasy game. I, of course, this could change, but I yeah. s- hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but if this still holds true, then we should be uh, we should be getting around the the size of this first installment. Yeah, two or three more times, which I th- I think it's a de- it's a de- decent size. It's not like if if you just um, rush through it can uh, finish it pretty quickly but it still has a lot to offer i think even if it lacks a little bit in the um the end game department um i i highly doubt that they will go for 10 hour experiences and the rush development like uh, pumping out the yearly release and get sloppy and cut stuff or uh drop in quality this is just um honestly a little bit of <laughs> fear mongering from from the naysayers if I may mm-hmm. say so, but I, I don't think this is the case. It wouldn't really make sense anyway. And he also mentions that the, the next installment, uh, we hope to make the next installment even better in quality. This means they won't go back, like deliver something that's less mm-hmm. in quality or less in magnitude, whatever, than the first game. So I don't think we need to worry about that. Uh, but what? I'll get to this uh, later, but um, it really depends on how they go about this regarding how many parts there will be and how much content there will be in each um, installment. But yeah, this is something they need. To, they probably are figuring out right now. 
mm-hmm. so w- how much they can squeeze into one without compromise, but without uh, like making us wait another five years. Yeah, that's probably this, the exact problem they are figuring out right now. But I don't think it's that that much of a problem because they need to, to tell the story, the whole story anyway. So where they split doesn't in the end really matter that much. It just means they need to maybe tweak a few. Th- things a little bit to make it feel like an ending or something. So I mm-hmm. don't think it's... I, I think they're pretty uh, pretty dy- dynamic in their way they're developing, or I hope so, at least. <laughs> and what's more, I think pre-production was surely on the way way before the release, because all those make uh, creating um, like art, the artworks, the... Yes. Um, just the, the pre-production stuff, like uh, and how how to plan out certain parts and how to how to do this, how to do that. Maybe include this and that. Uh, a rough sketch of um, of certain scenarios and stuff. I don't think they wait with everything until the game releases because in the later stages it's much more like actual development, three uh, D modeling, texturing, finishing the systems, um, creating all the boss battles and balancing and everything like that. And in this in this phase, you don't really need pre-production staff on board, so they can already start on the next one. So I'm pretty sure that the pre-production has possibly even finished, which is why they're already in full development so shortly after release of the first game. So this should, this should, this should also speed up things. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm no no uh, pro in game development. So I've never worked at a studio, <laughs> so I only know from hearsay what I read from uh, yeah. websites and stuff like that. And in general, how things work also in software development. And yeah, but maybe a, a listener knows more and can weigh in. But this is uh, what I know and what I believe. Yeah. Another issue when like these big interviews are kind of published as well and it's in japanese a lot of the sometimes the meaning like it's being translated but sometimes i feel like the meaning is also just being lost so when we're reading it we're not grasping the entire meaning of everything when we're reading it so people might jump the gun and just assume that oh you know this is the way that it is like but there's different ways of saying things in Mm -hmm. different languages that may carry a different meaning you know what I mean? Especially and it's Japanese. Not, yeah, and it's not you're it's it's not possible to kind of capture that in English or a different language because they don't have the same way of like expressing like a certain expression or something like that, you know? Mm. And I'm just taking this with a grain of salt, basically. I'm the same thing with you. I'm kind of like I'm I'm hoping that they're going to take their time and do the best that they can to release this in you know an appropriate amount of time and also keep the same quality like you said but just continue the story and extend it like they did with the first part you know but i don't mind waiting for this a little bit longer (laughs) but i just i just don't think that i don't think that's going to happen i think that they do want to release this as soon as possible because they want people to continue to talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake. And as soon as this game is out of people's minds, then people are not going to come back for the next part. They're not going to buy it. They're not going to 
remember you know what i mean like they're gonna have to go back and then replay the first game again and then Mm. with the next consoles coming out you know maybe they'll have an opportunity to to do that with backwards compatibility we're gonna talk a little bit about this later yeah um (laughs) i don't know like i just i really hope that they take their time and i i don't think that it's going to be delayed because of covid because i think that the whole situation of them from the get-go developing this in-house kind of cancels out the whole COVID situation because I think that like the development of the first part started a long time ago. We know this because we had confirmation of this and we talked about this on previous episodes, but it took Mm. them so long, but it took them longer than they anticipated because of the fact that they actually took everything back in house after cyber connect to was working on it. Right. Mm. So that had an impact on it. So this is that's not happening this time. So, you know, a lot of the employees are working from home. I think that's going to be fine. Um, I just want to go ahead and talk now about this, the Famitsu article. So this was an article posted on IGN the 28th of April. Um, it says that... Uh, Nomura said that he would like to deliver the next part of the Final Fantasy VII Remake story quickly, and to do so would require focusing on a smaller portion of the overall plot. So that quote actually comes from the Ultimania. Sorry, I made a mistake. I thought it was the Famitsu article, but this isn't. It's, the, it's from the Ultimania, uh, Final Fantasy VII Ultimania uh, guidebook that was translated. And this mm-hmm. was post, it was shared online. The um, translation was shared online by a Twitter user. Uh, Aita Kimochi, I think, is the yeah. handle. Um, Audrey is the yeah. name. She translated a lot of stuff. It's really she great. Did. <laughs> she, she even has a master, master, master list on uh, Tumblr, I think it is, mm-hmm. or Instagram. Yeah. One or both, I don't remember, which uh, with all the links to her uh, translations and stuff. The, the, the few newest, latest ones are not on there yet. Yeah. But you can still uh, browse her Twitter with the hashtag mm-hmm. FF7RFumitsu or FF7RUltimania. Yeah. And it was a lot, so I did read through a lot of it, but I didn't finish it because <laughs> there's <laughs> so much. Mm. Um, but it did say, uh, when asked about how many parts the remake will comprise of, Kataze said that they have a rough idea on that, but it's not completely decided yet. Uh, he said that it seems that many people think that it will be a trilogy. And he said it, it all depends on how many parts they make. But if they separate it into bigger chunks, it will take more time. But if they take smaller portions of it, it can be done in a shorter span. So he said, personally, I would like to deliver it fast. So, like, I guess that means that if this is what he wants, then it's going to be more parts, but smaller chunks of the story. But we just don't have, like, 100% confirmation on this. But I understand why they want to do that. But I don't think that that's what I want. <laughs> but I'm not also the the general public, right? Like, I I want... I think a trilogy is a good idea. And I want it to be the best that it can be. So I don't mind waiting for three years for this. I really don't because I'm invested in this series, right? So I don't mind waiting. I mean, the wait is going to be hard. And I just... I hate waiting. But I... I don't mind waiting if they're going to create it the way that they want, you know, instead of just rushing it out 
for the simple fact that people like they want it fresh in people's memories, right? So if they release, you know, smaller chunks on a more regular schedule, let's say once every year, then I guess it's more fresh in people's memories, you know, so they'll want to go back to it more often and they want to finish the story. I'm not sure, but yeah, I just want them to complete the vision that they want so that the game is the best that it can be. And I don't mind waiting for, you know, three, three years. If it has to be three years, it's three years. If it has to be four years, then it's four years. Like, I don't, I really don't mind, but other people are not like me. They are like onto the next biggest thing. Boom. Like it comes out. It's a brand new game. They buy it. They want to play it. And then they're done with it. And then they move on from that. They don't want to kind of come back to it after. And I understand that. So I can see the challenge for them trying to decide like what to do. And yeah. So the only, the thing with me is that the only other evidence that we have based on the, another trilogy that they've done is the Final Fantasy 13 trilogy. So I looked up on VG sales, Final Fantasy's um, fandom on their website and it has the total numbers of sales on all platforms for Final Fantasy 13 trilogy. So 13 sold 7.7 million copies worldwide and uh 13.2 sold about half of that which was 3.6 million. And Lightning Returns uh which is the third installment of the series sold about half of 3.6 which is 1.2 million. So well, a third. <laughs> a third, yeah. It's even worse. <laughs> it's even worse, yeah. 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 I did divide it in half and it's was 3.8 or sorry, 1.8, but this is worse than 1.8. It's not mm. even it's a third. So the yeah. wait time between these games was about 2 years. Yep. So how long would development time do you think be like two like a year and a half development and then it like 6 months of marketing or uh, I'm pretty sure it takes two years minimum because there's still so much to do, especially if they want to up the quality yet again. And even if they create, let's say, four parts in total, like uh, this means three parts to go, um, I don't think they can finish it with the same level of f quality mm -hmm. and the additional content and no compromises on existing content. They're just done in less than two years. I, I can't see that coming. So my prediction is two to three years, something like that. Mm -hmm. It also really depends on how many parts there will be. If there are still two parts, I can see even f almost f four, maybe three to four. And I tend to overestimate because if I say, oh, well, yearly, yearly release, done, mm -hmm. good. And then in a year, not a single trailer out, and then I'm uh, disappointed. So I try to be realistic, conservative in my estimations, um, because I know AAA development really takes a long time. Mm -hmm. We saw this with The Witcher 3, we saw this with um, Red Dead Redemption 2, with the new God of War, with Horizon Zero Dawn. All of them took like six or seven plus years for the whole thing. Granted, those are complete new um, creations. Well, not really for Red Dead Redemption 2, but this is, uh, it's not a sequel with the exact same gameplay. It's not quite the same. And it's also a huge game. But 
here in the case of the remake, they have a lot of, a lot of like basic stuff done. Yeah. Like a lot of systems and some um, assets are done. They can just take it. And from previous uh, comments, I think even from uh, Joske Matsuda, I think it is. Uh, is, this, is this the CEO from Square Enix or from something? I, I don't quite remember uh, which position he's in. But in an uh, in, uh, investor meeting, he said something about that the developers made sure to look forward to the next generation, like mm-hmm. uh, preparing the game for the next generation or with the next generation in mind. So I think everything they've done, they made it so that they don't need to redo everything to up the quality for, say, the PlayStation 5 or the PC. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure everything is already um, prepared mostly for the next generation so they uh, can just roll with it and add all the new assets and characters and scenes and uh, what have you. But still, it is a lot. It is quite a lot that has to be done still. Um, With uh, some tweaking, quality assurance, especially if they want to go the route of no patches. (laughs) Yeah. So this this needs time. That's that's why I say two years minimum, no matter what they do, unless they go the actual episodic route with like five to ten hours. But yeah. this is just not feasible for a uh, an RPG, which has de- uh, character development and level systems and stuff that you just can't create such short. Well, maybe it works, but they started off with a full game, so I don't think they can change this now. Um. Yeah, that's about it for my mm-hmm. estimation. Two to three years, give or take. The thing is, is that what I'm thinking about, though, is like financially, can can they can they actually do that financially? And that's, you know, I think that there a lot of them, a lot of the time are at the hands of the financial investors. And that's a lot like that has an impact on you know, like how many parts we're going to get and how, how like the release schedule of these parts and whether it's going to be like bigger, like bigger parts or smaller parts, like smaller chunks of the story, right? Because like the only history that we have where they've released the trilogy is what I just said about Final mm-hmm. Fantasy Thirteen, and the sales went down significantly between parts and the development time between those games. Like, I mean between the games that they were released was about two years. And they lost a lot of their uh, their consumer base between installments. And that was only two years. Like the people did not really, not that many people bought Lightning Returns. Like they they did not stay for that whole, to finish that trilogy. Granted, yes, the trilogy had a lot of issues. It had a yep. lot of... I mean, we <laughs> talked about this previously on other episodes as well. Like, you know, there, it was like, this is our opinion. I love the gameplay. For me, the story was very convoluted. It was hard to understand. A lot of the story was buried in text logs that you had to read, which is okay. But, like, I know that was a different time. But when we're thinking about this as a trilogy going forward, like... Do you think that they can afford to not release a game like the next part of the series for three years? I I don't know if they can. I really don't. I think two years is is pretty much the maximum because people will be moved on 
to other games. The new consoles are coming out. Uh, I just don't. I just don't know if they're going to be able to. And then, and then, if they don't sell, the next part doesn't sell that as much as the first part. Then they're losing funding because they're not making as much profit. So then they're not able to create something that's of high quality, as high quality as the first part, which is what happened in Lightning Returns. They didn't make that much money, and look at the funding that they got to make that game. I mean, it's like, what is it, one fifth of like what they had in originally for the first one? So it's just it's concerning. It's concerning for me, and I just don't know. And I yes think they're at the no. hands of their investors. <laughs> like they really are. I I really think so. And I I was on YouTube and I was watching videos about. Uh, I think there was a business analyst or a, a financial investor in Square Enix or something like that that had talked to about about the earnings and everything, the fiscal earnings, because it was up because they released the remake. They sold 5 million copies, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the last updated number that we had about that. But they were just saying that like Square Enix is not going to be able to release like more than you know, one more part because financially it's just going to hurt them so much if they continue the process. Like we wait three years, it's part two, then another three years for part three. Like they're not, they're not financially able to do that because the cost of development is going to go up and not as many people are going to buy the next parts. So anyway, it was just interesting. because I was like, it was a side of things that I was kind of, you know, I had in the back of my mind, but I guess wasn't, like that big of a deal but it it is because if it doesn't sell then if part two doesn't yeah. sell then it's like oh god like what are we <laughs> gonna get for part three and part three is probably the most important really because it's well i mean it's the ending to everything you know so anyway yeah it's there, there are a lot of concerns that's true but there are also more factors because in this in the case of final fantasy 13 the game itself had a lot of problems. It was too linear. It had, as you said, a little bit of convoluted story, many of which was uh, hidden behind data logs, which not everyone wanted to read. Uh, when did, uh, the leader died, it was game over, and so on and so on. It, had, it's, it wasn't received too well by the fans, which is probably why many of them didn't really care about the second one. And the second one was, uh, I don't know, may maybe it's the... The lead was uh, the um, the little sister of Lightning. It wasn't even Lightning that yeah, exactly. was the main character there. Yeah, maybe in the first in the prologue, yes, but in, in the rest, no. Mm -hmm. It had only actually two characters. So the third one was just uh, just a monster you could uh, you had to uh, catch and then yes. get into your team. Yeah, it was a completely different system from that point and. Maybe people thought, well, the first one wasn't that good. This yeah. doesn't really look any much better, so I won't buy it. And then this one maybe didn't was was a little bit better uh, gameplay wise, but story wise, meh. And then mm -hmm. many people thought, well, Lightning Returns, another one, nah, just keep this, this crap away from me. I'm not sure which how they thought. I, I was wasn't paying too much attention about uh, fan reactions, and I don't remember everything. I played all three. I thought Lightning Returns was really good, but it's it's a completely different uh, scenario. Also, mm -hmm. this wasn't meant to be a trilogy from the start. Here, 
It is uh, a remake of a beloved game. We know the, sto uh, the, the overall story and we want to know how it pans out. We got a glimpse of how they, tr they uh, intend to like, complete the whole thing, in which format, how, uh, how the individual scenes got uh, extended, how new, new content um, made its way in, and how much, how good they nailed the characters and the, uh, the music and mm -hmm. everything else. We talked about that at length in previous episodes. Yeah. So I think this factor goes extremely in favor of the remake here. So I'm pretty sure a lot of people will buy um, the second part. I know of a few that won't because of yeah. whatever reason they didn't, uh, mostly they didn't care about this whole um, fate fate thing and uh, yes. this, the new aspects which of course could be a concern but we also saw that many people before the remake came out whined about oh it's, it's not turn based anymore it's action I wa mm -hmm. don't want to play this and still a lot of people bought it yeah there so are some people uh, that it wasn't what they wanted or imagined it would be so obviously mm -hmm. like they're not happy with it and that's going to happen that's going to happen yeah. anyway yeah, that's always, and it's. I don't think that's the majority. I think it's a uh, quite small minority, and m mm -hmm. most of them, especially those who are not that invested, or or even uh, just started getting into um, Final Fantasy VII, they liked it. Most of them, anyway. Mm -hmm. And Meta's, I think, Metacritic score is also pretty good from um, the user base and all uh, in general user re reviews. Mm -hmm. I don't remember reading really bad ones so this this factor again is that's true pre, it's, it's pretty good and but i'm pretty sure that final fantasy 13 got a better like it depends on the website right because i remember that on ign i'm pretty sure it got eight out of ten is yeah that's that mainstream remake that's mainstream well? and this is uh, you can't really count on that yeah i don't remember also, you need to look at, at all of them. Also, Famitsu gave him, a, I think, a perfect score of Final Fantasy XIII. I don't really? Know why? Yes. Wow. Oh pretty, my I'm pretty God. sure it, re it received Are you a serious? perfect or near perfect. I think 39 <laughs> or 40. I don't remember <laughs> wow. if it really was the perfect or almost near perfect. 13, Famitsu was uh, hailing it in, into heavens. I don't know. <laughs> wow. It was pretty pretty insane, but it's also a Japanese creation, and they think yeah. differently. And Famitsu is also pretty partial to Final Fantasy, as far as I can tell. So, but were they yeah. harsh on the remake? I thought they were harsh on it, weren't they? Like it didn't, or was that I a different? Think so. Oh, I don't think it so. Oh, think it must have been a different website. I remember Probably, or a different yeah. review, uh, game review site that was particularly harsh, and people were like, "Oh, I, I don't like, don't mind that or something." <laughs> I can't yeah. remember. It. No, it must be another one because I, I think Famitsu was also pretty favorable of the remake. I don't think yeah. I've I read one bad review. I think it was just that one that I I looked at, but I it just like was just written so terribly. I was like, okay, I just mm. can't even take this as as legit. Yeah. yeah, as legit. So I just don't even <laughs> care about what it's saying because it's just absolutely ridiculous. So. Um, but I couldn't remember what site it was, but it's a pretty big one, I think. It was pretty controversial, but, you know, websites like that survive on clicks and yeah, ad revenue, so, like, 
oh, I'm going to have a controversial opinion so more people click on it. It doesn't, it's yeah. not necessarily true, right? It's just hates like clicks, <laughs> biased opinion or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. But that does, you brought up some good points there and like people like us are invested in for the long haul, right? Like f- diehard mm. fans of the series and we just want to see this, you know, to the end. Exactly. And, and we're in it to win it and that's, you know, our choice and that's fine and i think that that's i think that like square enix knows that but i think that they do have a challenge to keep their new fans that they got from this game like the first part of the remake i think that they they really need to do something to kind of like keep that new player base as well that are new to final fantasy that have never played final fantasy before until they played remake right so they need to think of ways to kind of keep the conversation going and keep the new fans i guess interested in wanting to come back to you know buy part two and continue to play through the series um on the other hand um don't you think it doesn't really matter if it takes two or three years because if if i'm interested in the next one usually people can wait and if it takes a year longer they just play it a year later i don't maybe that's just me but i don't really see a, a big issue there if it just takes uh takes a bit longer to come out because i i i can't really rationalize a thought the train of thought of um if it takes two two or more years i'm not interested i won't buy it i don't i i don't really f- can, i can't really find a a rational argument for that to be legit maybe it could be that maybe the timing is worse a year later so that this uh, many people maybe have other games to play or the remake has more Mm -hmm. competition in that time frame this that's what i'm thinking but this can also happen a year year earlier it's uh this 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 is not really dependent on specific time span this is dependent on the timing and if they, I think if they foresee a bad timing, they will push back the release date. Mm-hmm. If it's really that bad, I'm pretty sure. Or uh, do more marketing research at the beginning. <laughs> I just think that they need to continue the conversation and continue to have some kind of oh, presence for sure. there so that it's in people's minds, right? So that it just doesn't mm. like, it's over, it goes away, and then people forget about it. And they just at that time like we just don't know what's going to happen we do know that there's new consoles on the horizon that are coming Mm. out we don't know what games will be released for them like three years from now you know what i mean like you said about Mm. competition and that sort of thing but i think that it's in their best interest to continue to have you know do things to keep the game in our brains like other people that are outside of us because we are in this anyways. So, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, for new fans that even children too, that, you know, don't have a lot of money to be able to buy a lot of games. And maybe with the new console coming out, they might only be able to get like one game or something or two games or something like, I don't know. I'm just trying well, to that's... argue from both sides. You know what I'm sure. saying? <laughs> sure. No, I appreciate that. The uh, thing is, um, I think the main the main problem here is that they need to find some marketing strategy in mm-hmm. between this uh, yes. 
this time span. Of course, the uh, shorter the time span between releases, it's easier. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's impossible. Yeah. We also have this uh, the exclusivity, uh, yeah. the timed exclusivity. So yes. April uh, from April 10th and onward, yeah. you'll see this game on other platforms. Mm-hmm. PS5, PC, maybe even uh, Xbox X or Series X, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And this is also then a good way to exactly. push the game again. Yeah. That's that's uh, for sure something. Maybe there is a maybe there is an update with uh, which contains additional content, additional scenarios, or something extended. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe a few more side quests. I'm not really sure if they should do this. I'm I err more on the side of keep all resources on the new game so you can actually release this within three years or maybe even two. Uh, but this would also be good to push the game again, maybe even um, put it on sale again, maybe mm-hmm. a year from now or something. Yeah. Um, also, when it's ready, we ha- will have trailers. We'll have, they have maybe events or something. Maybe they even uh, put out a demo again on, maybe not even, not a public demo, but maybe when uh, t- when they do just those uh, public conventions again. Yes, yes. Then maybe if, if those end up happening. <laughs> if, yeah, that's that's uh, debatable. Everything yeah. mo- has, has like games had to move. Yeah, everything has ha- has had to move online. Um, and at this point, why not just upload the public demo to the PSN and other exactly. market spaces? Yeah. But then again, <laughs> if they do this, it will get data mined if they're mm-hmm. not not careful. Yeah. Last time it was a pretty big oversight, as we discussed in earlier episodes, with mm-hmm. uh, the, the encryption key being within the metadata. <laughs> they didn't even come out and make like a, a public yeah. uh, statement or anything. They it was just Not like really. oh well. <laughs> yeah. But that's those are all all those factors that that factor in and yeah. which are they are able to keep us informed and keep us on on track and. Not forget about this because if if people forget about this game and it comes out in three years, maybe they don't even realize it's out. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why they need to to market this thing. Maybe mm-hmm. not as heavily as they did now, but still they need to do this. And I think that's enough to bridge the gap. I think that I I like the point that you you said first with the new consoles coming out, the PS Five, mm-hmm. yeah. the Xbox Series X. I think that that happening could actually be to their advantage because of the fact that they can release uh, a specific like a PS5 version of remake and sell it and the same thing with series X and like you said the timed uh exclusivity is expiring um April the 10th so are we going to see like obviously we're going to see the game on Xbox 1 we're definitely well, I mean, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get it on PC, and I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if it was actually the same time that it came to Xbox One, that it came to PC. Um, oh, for sure. Because of the fact that Xbox Series X is coming out and all the news about that, because I listened to another podcast as well, and I've done some research about that, um, Microsoft is actually releasing, I think, all of their software that comes out for Xbox Series X, like their exclusive xbox series x games are coming to pc as Mm -hmm. well um that's true yeah so it sounds like 
they have an opportunity to be able to use the new consoles to kind of keep it fresh in people's minds because then they're opening up their player base because, you know, the Xbox One, people who own the Xbox One haven't even gotten to play this game yet. <laughs> right? Neither did Until the, did the PC people, crowd, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unless they own a PS4 and then yep. they want to rebuy it or whatever. But that's a whole nother platform of people that haven't even played this game yet who will be excited to be able to play it then and then talk about it, you know, amongst each other and online. And then the PS5 and Xbox Series X is coming out. I think it's this holiday season, right? So who knows? Are we going to get upgraded versions? Like not a remaster per se, but are we going to get, I mean, kind of a remaster, but just an upgraded version of the PS4 version of the game? Are they going to release a retail copy? You know? uh, Hard to say more people are going to be talking about it then and they just did a uh final fantasy 7 remake uh event in brave exvius their mobile game as well true right 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 uh which you know it covers kind of like the mobile audience because they're playing that game and they're seeing remake content in that game so it's kind of keeping it fresh in their minds and then we also have final fantasy 14 like who knows mm-hmm. if they'll do a collab event or release costumes in the game from remake yeah. or something like i don't know they have options you know to kind of keep it fresh in people's minds so exactly that's also what i wanted to say uh crossovers in other games this is uh al- almost a must maybe even uh uh something else for uh Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, I think it's called. Is, is mm-hmm. Cloud uh, playable there, or was Cloud only in the previous one? I don't remember. Because to one of the Smash Bros. games, Cloud was uh, actually a full playable member with a stage, Midgar stage and everything. I think that was um, Smash Ultimate for uh, the Switch. I think he's part of the roster, but for the 3DS, I think that he was... He was a DLC character that you would that oh, you could purchase, but I think he's part of the party now. Like he's just mm. a default character, which is still awesome because you know, of course, yeah, it's a crossover game, right? So, mm. yeah, yeah, and other crossovers, I can see that. So, mm-hmm. keeping uh, keeping the remake in, in people's minds shouldn't be that much of a of a difficult yeah. task. So, yeah. It's, I'm currently sticking with uh, two to three years. Um, mm-hmm. If it's less, and they keep the quality and uh, same length overall and same um, content, volume of content, and I'm happy, but I can't see it coming. So two years, two, two years minimum. Uh, yeah, we'll see when they drop the next trailer. <laughs> we can, we see you how far they are, and yeah. or if it's just a teaser, and they it's, then it takes another year for uh, the next trailer to come out. We don't know. Yeah. What would you think if it was just like a year and it was a smaller chunk? Like, would you care? Like, if it was a year and it was just like a DLC that you bought on PSN that was like installed on top of the first part so that you didn't have to go to the store or order like a retail copy you just bought the digital version as dlc and it was like more story or something i don't know what they would call it but you know how 15 had like episode Mm. prompto and episode Mm. ignis like Uh, (laughs) firstly i don't see this coming and secondly i probably would be a bit disappointed because if it's 
if it's just a small chunk DLC, it might, I don't know, maybe go until the gold saucer. Yeah. Maybe not even. And that's, this is just not, not satisf satisfactory. Uh, it's, it yes. doesn't really satisfy mm -hmm. the need because the story is just, it, it would just stop there. Yeah. And this is why I want to provide a little bit of um, a sneak peek into uh, planned, a video I have planned for whenever. Um, where to split when, when mm -hmm. they create four parts. Um, I've, I've been sitting on this for a year now, I think, give or take. And the only... I, I'll try to keep it short because we're also <laughs> almost an hour in now. But uh, yeah, I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> so only the gists of four parts. My three-part video was Midgar, of course. This came true. Then um, Summoning of Meteor and then the end. Those are the three points. Mm -hmm. A four-part would effectively split my proposed part two into two chunks like it starts at um at calm in the be in the flashback probably with cloud and sephiroth sitting into the car and then it goes up to nibelheim not full nibelheim but most of uh, nibelheim part it's uh, ma massively ex ex extended upon to kind of wrap up this whole nibelheim arc and nibelheim in the past nibelheim now in the present now the sephiroth and the general battle what have you and then part three starts there too with uh, the cloaked people all around, which kicks off the reunion, which then cul uh, culminates and concludes at uh, Northern Crater, the Whirlwind Maze, when uh, Weapon awakes and Sephiroth summons Meteor. Oh, maybe we should have put a spoiler warning <laughs> before that, but whatever. Oops, maybe you sorry can... guys. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops, spoiled. Maybe you can... Uh, can record a spoiler warning and insert it uh, in there. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't really think about that. It's all good. Yeah. Anyway, this will then, part three will then stop and part four will then kick off with uh, the uh, lowest point where the part is about to be executed. And then it's all about stopping Meteor. Mm -hmm. This ensures that we have like actual story arcs that have a beginning, middle and an end or at least beginning and end, middle is uh, malleable. And this is how I can see them uh, creating four parts. If they create three parts, I can only see, see them doing is uh, really like, yeah, sp splitting uh, where S Sephiroth summons Meteor. This means pretty linear and straightforward part two, and then uh, probably completely open world part three with uh, the high wind and many more uh, additional, uh, much more additional content, Wutai stuff, maybe, I don't know. Maybe to, to, we can also try to fix the planet, fix people's lives mm -hmm. after Cloud gets his uh, real memories back and do a little bit more before then we, uh, we go into the end game. I'm this like is, you, I want to have full-length yeah. games, I don't want to have yeah, small definitely. chunks as DLC, I just don't mm. want that. I don't, I don't want to play for, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, like, episode Yuffie or something and it's just oh, like yeah, no, no. <laughs> go to Wutai <laughs> no. and then we're like you get extra story and then you get Yuffie on your party and you play and it's like a 10 hour DLC and that's it like I don't want that like I don't I want a full-fledged game like the first part yes uh how many games are in the mm -hmm. compilation in total like not including remake there's four right 
Was there four? Th- because there was the, Crisis the, the Core. The remake is the fifth, I think, yeah. Uh, original, Crisis Core, Dirt Cerberus, and Before Crisis, yep. So there's four. Outside yeah. of, like, the remake isn't yeah, included, the, yeah. Well, Advent Children is also there. Maybe this fifth. But there are four games. Advent Children is a movie, right? <laughs> it's a movie, yeah. But it's yeah, still an so entry it's... story-wise, so, yeah. Yeah. But I'm just trying to think, like, maybe they would do four because it's, like, a perfect four where the compilation has four. So they would do... Maybe. So it's kind of... Anyway. But also, on top of everything you just said about the other parts, spoiler warning for everybody that hasn't played the <laughs> game yet, you're going to want to turn the, ga- the, the podcast episode off now or pause it or skip it. Uh, at the end of this game, like we we don't know what's gonna happen, right? Because anything can happen now because of the everything that happened at the end of the game. We just don't know, In like theory, yeah. what's gonna happen, right? So who knows if those events in the original are even gonna happen in these next parts because of you know what happened at the end of the of remake. So <sighs> anyway. We just won't know. Yeah. We just won't know until the game comes out. <laughs> yeah. Although Kitasa did say that uh, we can expect the main events play out too. Well, not not play out the same, but the, the main events will still be there. So we can expect a Final Fantasy VII story. Nothing completely different. See, I did read that. But, but then I also read <laughs> right after that, like maybe two weeks after, they actually retracted that and said that that's not what they meant. Or something. I, I anyway. Oh, they? Okay. Yeah, they did. Apparently, they did. They said that that's not what they meant to say. What they meant to say was anything can happen in this new imagining of the world of Final Fantasy VII. Basically, is what they said. They don't know. <laughs> well, those are those are not really not really mutually exclusive because anything can happen, but the main story beats can still be there not just not exactly the same as they did they happened in the original but we still yeah. uh, go to choke perform we still cross uh, i hope so c- across to the other um the other continent with uh, a sh- in, in a shinra freight um mm-hmm. ship or cargo ship we still go to the gold saucer we get teach uh, taught by uh, bugenhagen about the live mm-hmm. stream we go to nibelheim we get to the Rocket Town. <laughs> we go to Wutai, the Temple of the Agents. Aerith goes away. Uh, f- uh, the event, which could turn out quite differently at the Forgotten Capital, but still similar, maybe. Then uh, this whole snowy, snow space, snowscape, whatever. As I said before, the execution at Junon, the mm-hmm. huge material stuff, clouds. Um, regaining or journeys through the live stream and regaining off the memories all those things that like the main the core things the, the, i hope so Viz. Drives I the hope main so. story <laughs> but in between and even within those events anything can happen yeah like uh, the way we get into the junon cargo ship or is the cargo ship from junon to uh, Costa del sol do we really need to do the exact same thing again of course it would be cool to uh, take part in the parade but uh, I can see most of those things just play out differently or reimagined. Maybe some, maybe even exactly the same, just with a new mm-hmm. spin. That's 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 probably what they meant to say that anything can happen. Yeah. But we still want to provide a Final Fantasy VII experience because if the story will turn out completely different, mm-hmm. they might as well just call it Final Fantasy Sixteen. 
Well, guys, there's your preview of our next episode where we will be talking about where the story is going to go in Remake Part 2. Yep. So all that to look forward to on our next episode. But um, yeah, I totally agree with you. I hope that we get all of those things. It's just that I just... Something tells me that we're... It's just... It's going to be different and things will play out that are the same, but anything is possible now. And yep. things that things that we got in the first game probably won't end up happening because of the changes that have happened mm. in the alternate timeline or whatever. We just don't know. So, And I actually found a bunch of articles that are super interesting that I have saved for our next episode. And I can't wait to bring those things up to you to see what your opinion are about those things, um, about the story and where it's going to go in part two. So, but back to the releases for, for the remake on the new consoles, I I think I'm going to buy it on PC when it comes out for PC, but I don't know if I'll buy it on PS5. I like I'm not gonna buy a PS5 unless it has like a crazy good exclusive because I buy PlayStation because I love the exclusives right so mostly everything on Xbox is on PC and I have a gaming PC so I buy a lot of the Xbox games on PC and I play them on PC so I don't really need to buy an Xbox but I just don't know how it's gonna work like we just don't know if because we know PS5 is gonna have backwards compatibility so like we just don't know like if they're going to release a PS5 version that's going to have upgraded graphics, um, if they're not going to do that, and they're just going to have like an HD patch that downloads, kind of like when you buy a, a PS4 game uh, and you put it in your PS4 Pro, it kind of like the developers were given the opportunity to create like a high tech, like HD texture pack or 4K texture pack, basically, and it's free. You don't have to buy it, right? It just comes, it just downloads. And I know that Final Fantasy 13 on Xbox one i think it was xbox one or xbox one s or something like that when you put it in the original xbox version of 13 and it just downloads behind the scenes like the best textures possible and then basically you're playing it in like 4k and apparently it's the best most smoothest version that you can play um even better than the pc version and like people don't even know that this is what that this is what they got like they and they didn't have to rebuy 13 for xbox one like it's just the xbox 360 version but apparently it just downloads mm. this patch and plays it in higher quality than like and, and better performance than the pc version like i watched a video on it which is super interesting because are they going to do that with the ps5 like i put a ps4 game in and it just uses the extra hardware to play it at the highest fidelity, the highest frame rate, and it'll download a patch if there is one so that I don't need to buy a PS5 version of like a remaster, like Final Fantasy VII Remake Remastered. <laughs> yeah, that's, that would be ideal. And I think that's some, that, that's probably what they're aiming for because, um, yeah, backwards compatibility from 5 to 4 is a given, probably not for all games, but they're trying to, to, to include as many games as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, this makes sense, and this whole uh, remaster uh, debacle—I yes. call it this—was um, oh mostly because of the incompatibility be- between PlayStation Three and Four, the com- mm-hmm. because they had completely different uh, architecture and processor architecture. Yeah, uh, this this is most likely the, pr- the problem. They couldn't really, f- yeah, emu- emulation might have worked but probably not reliably and 
maybe they fiddled around with it and mm -hmm. thought of it yeah and Apparently that's what PS5 has. I read I read it somewhere that PS5 is yeah, going to have backwards compatibility with emulation. So they might not even be able to like run a PS4 game on the PS5 at higher fidelity because it's emulation. So it's as if there's like a PS4 Pro inside of your PS5, right? So anyway, we just don't know, yeah. but I'm going to be definitely buy rebuying it on PC because I think that's going to be like the best version. And Let's hopefully hope so, yeah. <laughs> hopefully we get those terrible textures patched out and i just uh anyway well from what i've heard about and seen um in regards to data mining the high resolution textures are there for most yes, of yes, those uh, I saw that low res mm -hmm. yeah for example cloud door and yeah. some um they just don't load because boxes. it's like an unreal yeah um something like that yeah issue or something like that yeah so or how they they uh, uh they optimize the game and the, some textures and models are yeah. just not prioritized enough and if they would load then the frame rate would would dip i don't know just... i wish that they had just pushed it back a little bit more but i know the pandemic hit so then they were like oh god they probably just thought like we just need to release it you know like yeah but I, I just wish that they did do a little bit more q a and fix those issues but I just I love yeah. this game so much. It's not that big of a deal. It's just nah. I'm hoping I I'm thinking like their thought process is they're gonna have to release this on Xbox and they're mm. probably redoing it for PC. So they're gonna go back then and then they're gonna be like, oh, okay, we need to make sure these textures are loading and give us the highest resolution mm -hmm. textures and all of those things because they're actually working on it because they were done the ps4 version right like they're not going to go back especially working from home in the pandemic like and fix any of those things when they're probably working on part two right now and other yeah, projects exactly. as well right so yeah but when when they uh when it's releases on other, other platforms i'm pretty sure this is a good uh opportunity to fix a few things so that the other platforms mm -hmm. don't suffer the same uh, And then they problems. could probably release a patch. Like, they release an Xbox yeah, version, sure. they release a PC version, you know, and then they're like, okay, so we fixed it, so now they're going to port it to PS4 and just release it then, you know? So, mm. anyway, we'll see what happens, but if you yeah. haven't played this game yet, you need to play it, because it's incredible, and it doesn't matter about those those small things. And I know that we, you know, picked it apart, but that's what we did, because it was, you know, that's what we do on the podcast yeah, you know we sure. were doing a review on the game we're talking about all the different aspects of the game including the graphics and the textures and all that sort of stuff so yeah you can't just only talk about the good you also need to talk about the bad because only then can one improve mm -hmm. one yeah, being exactly. us developers whoever you don't have to agree with us i mean we all have different yeah, opinions sure. right but um and it's okay to be critical about something that you love as well, you know, because you want it to be the best as yeah, possible. That's exactly. the thing. <laughs> if you don't criticize and you're just jaded and don't really care, this is also not really yeah. a good sign. <laughs> so yeah. do you think that we have enough time to answer this question from our from our Twitter? I think so. I don't ha really have that much to say. So All right. Let's go for it. So here we go. This is a question from Grendel's mother on Twitter. All right. So. Here's what they say. They say, finally got to your spoiler cast. Not finished, but I had an idea. 
Yeah, no kidding. Seriously, each one's four hours. So good luck. <laughs> Any thought on children being more in tune with the live stream? As far as I remember, Aerith only uses her live stream influencer powers on Marlene and Red 13, who she calls a child. Maybe since they've been more recently born into the world from the live stream. Uh, I don't know that it leads to any groundbreaking theories, but it's something that I haven't been able to shake. Plus, isn't almost exclusively kids with geostigma in um, Advent Children besides Cloud and Rufus? Thank you. So what do you think, Viz? All right. First of all, there there are a lot of people affected by geostigma in Advent Children. We see it more from kids because those are the focal point of the scheme from the remnants. But we also see many adults suffer, especially in the streets, like pretty much in the beginning uh, when uh, Denzel, I think it's his name, um, mm-hmm. walks around or hangs around in the, in the alleyway and also sees, uh, sees this guy like dying in front of his, his eyes with uh, coughing up this geostigma goo. Um, so there are a lot of people from all ages, I gather, affected. But the children are used by the remnants, that is Kadaj, Laws, and Yazoo, mm-hmm. um, because they're the most impressionable and controllable. And mostly, most of them are also, I think, orphans, as far as I can recall. So it's easy to get them away to say, hey, uh, we are going to heal you and the kids don't really know any better mm-hmm. because, yeah, they don't have this, this much life experience. And they go with them and then are affected and controlled. I think this is, this is um, in terms of geostigma and uh, their, let's say, higher effectiveness by the remnants. Not by geostigma itself, but by the remnants. Cloud and Rufus all are also affected. Mm-hmm. But they, uh, the remnants don't really try to get them on their side, as far as I can remember. Maybe Cloud, because he's one of them or something like that. But those are adults. They have experience. They uh, know what they want, what they're doing most of the time. <laughs> so I think this is, um, this is why they chose the children to... To be there, I don't know lackeys. I I don't mm-hmm. really know what uh what, what you should call them conduits for. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I don't know. I the, the words escape me. But this is uh, in context of geostigma, in context of the live stream itself. I can also see, as um, Grendel's mother alluded to, kids are born into the world only recently. They don't know as much. They're more, maybe more connected to the planet, are more open-minded, impressionable, mm-hmm. want to learn things, don't know as much, are not tainted as much by uh, life and experience and the bad things that happen. This is uh, yeah, pretty much why, why I see them being more open to, to influences from the live stream or... Um, callings or mumblings from the live stream, however you want to call it. This is also one aspect I will talk about in my upcoming uh, Aerith video, Mm. because in this short scene uh, with with, uh, the glitch when uh, Aerith hugs Marlene, Aerith, while being a little bit um, uh, surprised of Marlene's reaction, 
she knows what happened. So um, I think it's a mixture between Aerith wanting to, or maybe uh, giving in to the, um, the flow of the live stream, and Marlene being susceptible or more susceptible to to this, to Aerith's powers, which uh, enabled this exchange without Aerith actually wanting to deliberately um, instill knowledge or whatever they, uh, she does there. I'll get more into this in the video, but mm -hmm. um, you do see that this is something that's, that also comes from Marlene's side, that this, this thing happens. Because, yeah, as I said, Aerith isn't actively doing this to her as she does to Red 13, because uh, with Red 13 she actually places her hand on mm -hmm. uh, on his forehead and you see much more uh, effects and live stream swirlings going on there. Yeah. The same uh, at the portal uh, towards the end of the game when she heals or converts the portal, whatever. It's also uh, like she casts a spell. With Marlene it's just the screen that's uh, that's glitching up. No additional, um, no additional uh, effects, particle effects going on. Mm -hmm. So you you can say that I'm, I'm pretty sure you can say it's canon that children are more in tune with the planet generally. Even yeah. in the original, Marlene, having only met Aerith once, only for a short time, um, senses Aerith when uh, the live stream comes along and. Uh, aids wholly in the battle against Meteor. Mm -hmm. So this is also pretty interesting that Marlene uh, feels Aerith's presence. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I find it um, a little bit of a shame that we don't see this more often depicted. Yeah. But maybe they go more into this in, in the remake, that uh, there are more, more instances where we see children like... Oh, even, even in, the, in the remake, I just remembered in the ending, Marlene uh, senses, senses her daddy through the flowers when mm -hmm. he, uh, he calls out to her. Unless it's uh, meant to mean something different, but that's what I gathered from this. Yeah. At least at first uh, glance. So there's something there with the children. Also, parallel to Star Wars, which is also an influence on, on many Final Fantasy games, mm -hmm. the children uh, are those that are... Um, like susceptible to the force, yeah, and are also the ones that get taken in by uh, the the Jedi Order to be trained. Mm -hmm. Yoda says to Luke, "He's uh, you're too old to be trained because he's already tainted by the world. He's not, oh, right. yeah, not 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 as innocent and um, like open to the force. He would would be too too much in his head and think too much and." Which he also does, <laughs> yeah. Which is why, which is why it's much simpler or easier to train children to become Jedi masters in the end. Even um, Anakin is considered to be a little bit too old, which I find weird. But apparently, yeah, he's too old. With uh, I think, is he ten or nine? And um, I'm not sure. The Phantom Menace, I don't remember. Or eight, or something like that. And he's also considered too old by Yoda. So <laughs> there's something there. And maybe it, was, it wasn't the influence from Star Wars. Maybe it's just uh, a lucky parallel. But in general, the uh, innocence of children is something um, that mm -hmm. 
is part of of a theme or part of certain premises in in fiction in general yeah or i i can see that yeah which makes sense in that scene uh between Aerith and marlene like i didn't perceive that as um Aerith was using her powers on marlene Mm -hmm. i interpreted more as marlene could sense Aerith, and marlene potentially could be like could also have powers or something like that we just don't know maybe she's like i don't we don't obviously know it's hard to say if she's an ancient or something but she seems to be like more Mm -hmm. sensitive and i think that yeah like grendel's mother said is the explanation for that could just be that Mm. she's a child she's closer to the live stream because i mean after you're born like you're still closer to the live stream because you just came your soul came from the live stream so you're the amount of time that you've been alive is so short compared Mm. to an adult that's been further away from the live stream for a longer amount Mm. of time right so like you said they're more impressionable open-minded they're more sense uh, sensitive to it so it could just be that she's more sensitive to it um who knows it could be that maybe she has powers like we just don't know and especially too with the ending of the game and the changing of everything we just don't even know like i just feel for me i just don't even know what's real and what's not (laughs) because it's like those events happened but then we just don't know if they would happen the same way now with the changes. Yeah. Right? We just don't know. So, and Red 13, like you said, it was more like she was kind of touching him and using mm-hmm. her power to kind of gather information, maybe. I don't know. It kind of, because it okay. shows like a flash of like his memories, right? Or you see something when she touches him because she's like she's getting this information or she's. Uh, I don't think you see anything. It's just uh, that the live stream swirls underneath her uh, her hands that kind of heals the chaos in um, in Red's mind and also gives him the knowledge about the whispers. Oh, he says as much in the next Hmm. chapter when he um, drops some some knowledge about them. Right, but she, like Aerith, knows that. Every, I think she actually like she knows everything that's going on, and there's she mm-hmm. knows more than what she should know because yep. of everything that's happening with Sephiroth, like tampering with the timeline and everything, right? So she knows mm-hmm. that, and she could be just sharing some of that information with Red or something. Well, for you know, sure, like she needs an ally, yeah, because she can't uh, just tell the others what's up because then the whispers come and interfere, which happens mm-hmm. in chapter chapter seventeen in her in her room, and. Yep. Red is more important, is more in tune with the live stream because yes. of Cosmo Canyon, Buchenhagen, exactly. and he lives longer and knows more. And yes, more knowledge. He, he is uh, the ideal candidate to like, help her a little bit in, in this mm-hmm. regard without her actually tampering with the timeline and fate, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But as for Advent Children, it was the geostigma, I think a lot of... It it focused on showing us children, like you said, because it was like after everything happened, right? So like mm. Midgar's destroyed, like the mm-hmm. people, like a lot of people died, so the the children didn't have any parents, like they were yep. just orphans, right? So I feel like the movie focused more on showing that. That's why we mm-hmm. saw more children having geostigma. That's definitely one aspect, yeah. And I also also think some orphans might stem from the Wu Tai War. Mm-hmm. I don't quite remember. But, um, well, the Wutai War was over 
seven years ago, I think. Yeah. If I remember correctly, when uh, Crisis Core starts, I think it's seven years ago, when it was ongoing, and then, or did it stop five years? I, I don't quite remember the time, exact timeline, but uh, it, it could be that some, some of those children were still young then and just lost their parents, or at least their father, and maybe the mother died in Sector 7. But then also that child should also be mm -hmm. there. But Denzel is one of them who survived the plate crash. Pa her, uh, his parents were, were there and he was somewhere else. I don't remember where. It says it in the, the episode Denzel in this, the, the anime. Mm -hmm. Short uh, one episode anime. Where you also see Johnny. Uh, yeah. Who uh, created Johnny's Heaven outside. And yeah, I don't quite remember, but I'm pretty sure it's other other children that lost their parents either in the Wutai War or in the plane crash or in uh, a meteor fall. And yeah, they're being taken advantage of. Yep. Well, I hope that we answered your question, <laughs> Grendel's mother. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> it's kind of like we answered it, but we've also brought up more questions, right? So it's yeah. just really impossible to know, but uh, for sure. But yeah. I also should have done a bit more research before, but I didn't have uh, time and, mm -hmm. and energy to really go into it. So I just <laughs> wrote down stuff that came to mind. So apologies for... Uh, yeah. Well, it's a podcast. It's about just talking about things. It's not, mm -hmm. not um, like a, a dissertation or something like that or uh, whatever. Yeah. I'm sure that we'll talk a lot about that more in our next up and coming episodes as well. Totally. Because... We, uh, for our next episode, we will be going more in depth about the story of part two and where uh, Square Enix may take the story um, for the for the future of part two. So um, if you guys have any ideas for any up and coming episodes, you can write us. You can join our Discord and write them in our suggested topics or question channels. You could also um, send them to our email. So our email is thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. Thereunionpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a Twitter account. It's at reunion underscore podcast. Our Facebook is at reunionpodcast. And we do have a YouTube channel. It's The Reunion Podcast. And we do post all of our um, episodes there as well. So... You can check us out there. We do have an Instagram account. It's at The Reunion Podcast as well. And Viz, did you want to drop your socials for Cosmo Canada Observatory? Oh, for sure. It's uh, mainly YouTube and Discord, uh, Cosmo Canyon Observatory with uh, spaces. And on Twitter, it's at CC underscore observatory. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, like I said too, if you guys want to join our, our um, podcast Discord server, the link for for the Discord server is actually um, in the description of every episode that we post uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. So if you click on that and uh, it'll just open up a web browser and it'll uh, ask you to join the server. So it's a great community. I think you guys should definitely join in on the conversation about this game that we love. All right, guys. So that's pretty much it for us today. Don't forget to like and subscribe and also write a review about the podcast if you feel so inclined. Like I said before, it's free and it's the best way to support us here at the podcast. All right. So this is Kai. I am signing off. Take care, guys. I wish you all the best. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.